Ketereboshe, Marekatarabashe, Rabashe, Arivabaye, Rekatarabashe, Rabaken Tereboshe, my Lord and my Father, arise, O God, arise in the name of Jesus, arise, O God, and let your enemy, let the enemy of God in our life, let the enemy of God tonight, let them be destroyed and be consumed. Let them flee before your presence, O God. Arise, O God, and let your enemy be destroyed. In the name of Jesus, and those that hate you, let them flee before your presence. In the name of Jesus. My Lord and my Father, we hand over this meeting to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We ask of you, O oh Father, come and have your way, O oh God. Have your way in the life of the people. Have your way, Jehovah Elohim. Have your way tonight in the name of Jesus. Mm. 
Rakakaya keterekata, marekata rakata, rakata rakata rabashe, marekata rakata, rakata rakata rakata, haribashen rabashe, marekata rabashen rabashe. Pray for the vessel that God is going to use as the Lord to pass through that vessel and bless your life tonight in the name of Jesus. Marekata rabashen rabakente, my Lord and my Father, rabashen. I lift up the vessel you are going to use and I ask of your hands come upon that vessel. I ask of your strength, oh God. I ask of your enablement, oh Father. Arriba ya katare boshe rabashe eriba baye rekatara katara boshe mare katara 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 boshe eriba shen rabashe mare katara boshe eriba shen rabashe eriba shen rabashe arriba baye eriba shen rabakentere boshe begin to appreciate god mm my Lord and my Father, we thank you, O Lord. We bless your name this hour. Ama shindra ba kente rebo shindra reba shindra ba kente rebo shindra. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Thou tattooed. That told to receive glory, honor, and power, and power, Father, has created. All things are for thy pleasure, they are, and were created, thou art worthy, thou art worthy. Pleasure, they are. 
tonight we just want to appreciate you God. We want to thank you for who you are. We want to hallow you for your faithfulness. Blessed be your name forever and ever. You are highly lifted up my father. There is no one like you. We give you all the glory and all the adoration. We give you all the praise for you who you are. We bless your holy name. We magnify your name. We lift up your name on high father. We say holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of your glory. Glory be to your name, dear most holy God, in the name of Jesus. Tonight, dear Lord, we come under the blood of Jesus. We present the blood of Jesus Christ on the behalf of each and every one of us because it is your blood, O Lord, that avails for us. And therefore, we ask for your mercy. We ask for your compassion over our lives. Let your blood speak over us, Lord. Forgive us all sins of omission, all sins of commission, all secret faults, all presumptuous sin. Cleanse us, O Lord, from your every filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit today. In the name of Jesus, we call our spirits man to come forth into the presence of the Almighty God tonight. We ask, Lord, that you have your way. Holy Spirit divine, you are the greatest teacher. We submit totally unto you. I ask, Lord, that my voice will become an extension of your voice. Tonight, I will, you will think through my mind. You will speak through my lips. And as I minister life to the hearers, let your name alone be glorified and be magnified. Thank you, dear Father, for your faithfulness. Blessed be your name forevermore. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, welcome to this evening. Give me my seat. My seat. Praise God. I want to take permission to please sit down. Thank you. Hallelujah. So, well, welcome to this evening Bible study. believe that the Lord will help us in Jesus name I'm looking at the subject of faith tonight and actually it's been in my spirit for a while for us to go back and look at the subject of faith all over again because it's like sometimes after a while we forget so the Lord will remind us tonight in Jesus' name. And the Holy Spirit will help us. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's start from there. So when we need the Amplified Version, then you read for us, please. It's not all of them that will need it, but you just have it. Yeah. 
Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It says, Now. So the first thing I want us to notice there is that faith is now. Amen. There's a difference between faith and hope. When somebody say, I hope that this, this, so, so, so will happen. If you say, oh, God is going to do so, so, so thing for you, say, I hope so. That is not faith. The hope is giving substance. The faith is the substance of your hope. Amen. Like we say, what is the hope that I have? The kingdom of God, Christ in me, the hope of glory. We are hoping that Jesus will come. Amen. But nobody knows the day, nobody knows the hour. So it is in the level of hope. So hope is very important and is very good, but your faith adds substance to the hope. Are we together? So faith is now. Everybody say faith is now. It is the substance of things hoped for. So faith is the substance. Please, can you read it from the Amplified Bible? Verse 1. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Now, let me, let me just stop there before you continue. When you buy a plot of land, for those of us who have owned land, do you carry the land and put it in your car and go to know that you have bought it? Hello? What do you have to show that that land there belongs to you? The title deed. The agreement is your title deed. The R of O, the C of O. Hallelujah. So faith is our what? Tied to deeds. I like that. The confirmation, the agreement, the, 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 the assurance. Yes? Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. It is a proof. The proof, if you own a car, there's something called the proof of ownership. If you're going on the way, the challenge you say, how do we know that this car belongs to you? How do we know that you did not steal this car? You bring out that paper. Hello? So faith is your proof. The proof of things you cannot see. When God tells you, I have done so, so and so thing for you, the proof is the faith. It's your faith. And he said, of the evidence of things not seen. The word translated not seen in that place is the word not perceived by our five physical senses. Amen. So it is the things 
you cannot touch, you cannot smell, you cannot see it, you cannot hear it, you cannot do what? Feel it. So if you already seen that thing, you don't need faith again. Hello? You have seen it. You don't need faith. If you have already heard, you don't need faith. Faith is the substance of things that you cannot see, you cannot perceive by your physical senses. In other words, faith is your sixth sense. It's something beyond physical. Hallelujah. Look at verse 6. I, I would say that at your own time, you should read the whole chapter and meditate on it. But look at verse 6. It says, For without faith, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, without faith, we cannot work with God. We cannot please God. Because for you to come to God, you must first of all believe that God exists. Amen? You know, when you pray, when you fast, when you serve God, you do the things you do for God, it's because you believe that he exists. Anybody who does not believe that God exists, will he pray? Uh -huh. You know, I have some of my relations that are atheists. They don't believe in the, in the existence of God. So if you tell them, let's pray about this thing, they will laugh. Because to them, it does not make sense. They don't believe that prayer changes anything. So I say, I'm going to pray for you. They say, oh, pray for me, pray for me. Because Satan has blocked their brain their mind. The Bible said that it is a fool that says that there is no God. So when somebody says there is no God, it's a fool. <laughs> and I always tell them that I'm not the one calling you fool. Though. Well, the Bible says if you say to somebody that fool, you shall be in danger of hellfire. It's God that says you are a fool. Now it's only a fool that says that there is no God. Because all the things that are created, when you look at the nature, you look at the moon, the sun, the stars, you will know that there's somebody who hung all those things out there and that God is. And if you don't believe that God is, you cannot please him, neither can you walk with him. Amen. So faith is now, and he told us some of the things, and then he began to list all the people that we call the heroes of faith is like a hallmark of those who have run their lives by faith. But I want us to see something very interesting. In that Hebrews chapter 11, let's move a little down. No, after he, he gave the, 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 the heroes, he stated their names, he ran down the list, Let's just go to verse 32. Verse 32, Hebrews 11. Are we there? Hallelujah. He said, and what more, what shall I more say? 
For the time will fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Now out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. Look at their condition. They were destitute. They were afflicted. They were tormented. The world was not worthy of them. <laughs> he said, Then they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise. I want you to underline that. Look at all these people that did these great things. They did exploits for God. They were heroes of faith. They had a good report. Think about it. Nothing was wrong with them. But the Bible says all these people, they received not the promise. Why? Verse 40 tells us the reason. He said, God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. You know, Abraham was looking forward for a city whose builder and maker is God. Is that not so? They were looking for many things. They were expecting salvation. The salvation that came through Jesus Christ. The Bible said that when Simeon entered the temple and the baby Jesus was presented for dedication, then Simeon got it. He, this is that Messiah that the prophets have been talking about. Isaiah had prophesied. Jeremiah, even Samuel, Moses had talked about him. And Simeon said what? He said, now, lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. For my eye have seen the salvation of Israel. He said, it's okay, I'm ready to go home now. The Bible said these people did not receive that promise. They did not see Jesus. That thing they were waiting for, they could not see it ahead of us. God had prepared a better thing for us. How privileged we are. 
that they without us should not be made perfect. Do you know that all these saints of old that were in this hallmark, these heroes of faith, they were in paradise. They were in Abraham's bosom. They could not see the very presence of God until Jesus died and resurrected. Amen. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, it was Apostle Paul that got the revelation. In the, he wrote to Ephesians. He said that the same person that descended to the lower pit part is the same person that ascended into the highest heaven. And then when he was going, he led a triumphant entry into heaven. He's, he led captivity captive. Then he gave gifts unto men. And that was when he distributed apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher. Without us, they could not see those things. In the Old Testament time, the Holy Spirit came only on three categories of people. Either you are in the office of the prophet or a priest or a king. He came on the judges before the uh, advent of kings. Then after that, only those three people. And the Holy Spirit did not dwell within them. He would come upon them, come over them, overshadow them, and they would do the thing that God wanted them to do. And after that, he would lift up from the person and would go back to heaven. Amen. But when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain that was separating the holies of holy, holy of holies, was rent into two from top to bottom. And then the Spirit of God moved out. And that's when Joel began to say that in these last days, God will pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. He said, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. The young men will see visions. The old men will dream dreams. And on my handmaidens and on my maidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. The people of the old did not see that. So God did not want them to enter into that glory ahead of us. Therefore, they could not receive the promise. But the Bible said that they believed to the end. Huh. They died believing. They didn't get to a point that they gave up. And that's the kind of faith that God is talking about. Hallelujah. Faith that is stubborn. Faith that is violent. And faith that does not give up. Hallelujah. Let's look at Romans. By looking at faith. Because sometimes people say that they have faith. And I keep wondering the kind of faith that we have as believers. Romans chapter 4. Let's look at an example of faith. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Read from verse 16. He said, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, 
who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope? Who against hope? I want you to underline that. Against hope. Remember what we say hope is. Amen? Hope is an expectation. But now, there was no expectation. It was against hope. <laughs> Hallelujah. He believed in hope. Even though there was no reason to even have hope, he still believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. That's the real issue. Amen? If we believe, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Amen. So I want us to look at the word believe. What does it mean to believe? Please, can you read that scripture in the Amplified Version? Read it gently, slowly. Yeah. continue. He speaks of the non-existent things as if they were already in existence. That means what? God does not speak in the future. 
God will not be telling you, I will heal you. He will tell you, I've already healed you. You're already healed. He calls those things which be not as though they were. When God spoke to Abraham, he said, I have made you a father of many nations. He didn't say, Abraham, I will make you. Are we together? I have already, because God is a God that calls those things that were not as though they were. Because God is a God that brings invisible things into existence. You see, God made this world out of nothing. God is not a man. You see, if a man wants to make this table now, there is a material he will take and put it together and maybe do some things, chemical reaction, put it inside fire and mold it and get the table. But when God wants to create, he doesn't need any material. Hello? When God wanted to create the walls, the Bible said he framed the world out of nothing. Okay, let's just finish reading this. Go on. Mm -hmm. Human reasoning had already gone. Humanly speaking, there was nothing for him to hang on to, yes? Yes? Praise the Lord. I like that expansion of the word believe. Can you give it to us? Believing means what? In bracket. Adhere to. Trusting in. 
relying on, and what else? Uh -huh. Okay. Praise God. The word believing means to trust in, to rely on, to adhere to. Believing is a thing of the heart. You know, sometimes we say that we believe, but we don't really believe. What we have is a mental ascent of the word of God. That's why the other day I was telling us about when you read the word of God, you meditate on it. Then it enters into you. Then you get light from it. You get the revelation. It's only when you have the revelation of the word that you can now practice it. And it is a practice of it that will bring manifestation. That will bring results. So you can memorize scripture. But it's just in your mind. In your brain. It's called mental ascent. Until the scripture moves from your mind, your, your mental constituency to your heart and the heart meaning your spirit the center of you that is when you can have the revelation of that scripture and that is what brings miracle miracle does not come by mental ascent of the word of God cannot produce fruit. And a lot of Christians only have a head knowledge of the scripture. They memorize it. They can even quote it. But it's not in their spirit. And the reason how you will know that it's not in the person's spirit is that he will have other considerations outside the word of God. He will say, eh, let us put the Bible aside and fight. <laughs> he said, this one is not Bible. Let us leave Bible first. Let's do this one. Hallelujah. Abraham considered not his own body. He had no plan B you know that thing we call plan B? Ah. What is that? <laughs> eh. Pastor she told us sometimes, say, the, the former provost called you, say, how can we escape through the portal? Is it a back door? It <laughs> is a criminal tendency. <laughs> so some Christians have back door. Eh? so that if they try going through God hmm? through the word of God through the Holy Spirit it doesn't work <laughs> they quickly go back and follow the other door and what is that door? door of Satan door of idolatry they go and collect something and use it And as long as God is looking at you and he knows that there are some other doors you have that are planning in your mind to use cannot comfort for you. 
Because you don't have faith in him. God can see it. You don't trust him. Abraham had nothing like that. He said, I have made you a father of many nations. He said, yes, Lord. With all his heart. And he was going around praising God, laughing. Hallelujah. They say, Abraham, what does he say? I'm a father of many nations. Hallelujah. Hmm? See this one. <laughs> My people will say, oh, don't have. You say, you are a father of many. God said, come, Abraham, look at the stars. Can you see them? He said, can you count them? He said, no, Lord. He said, so shall thy seed be. He said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. They say, what is the problem now? Say, my children are as the stars. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. God said to Abraham, leave your father's house. Come out of them. I will show you a land you will go to. He started packing his things. The people say, what? What is it? He said, I'm going somewhere. Where? I'm going to a place. You don't even know the name of the place. God say, will take me to somewhere. Will take me, show me a land. We did not say it's madness. It's madness. How can you pack your wife, your children, your whole household, you enter into the unknown. Because as far as human reasoning is concerned, that is unknown. God was talking to him. He said he considered not the deadness of his own body. He considered not the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not. He staggered not. He did not stagger. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded. Listen, when you have faith, you are persuaded. You are persuaded. Persuasion is something more than conviction. You know and you know and you know and you know it is settled. There's no other way. There's no other consideration. Hallelujah. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Look at verse 17. He said, before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. And no wonder God said, this is the father of faith. God accounted it to him for what? Righteousness. Hallelujah. Look at that Hebrews 11. Go back to Hebrews 11 verse 3. Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, Through faith we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The walls 
were created by how? God said. God said. God said. So Abraham knew that God is able to perform what he has promised. Sometimes we find it difficult to believe God because of the way we see God. The way we perceive him in our mind, in our imagination. Do we see him as a man who is able to perform what he has promised? Or do we think we need to help him? You know why people go about trying to help God? Because they don't really trust him. They think that God is a weak God. And he needs our help. And sometimes when God says, I'm going to do this thing, or I have done this thing, we stagger at his promise. And we think it's too much. And now we begin to try to figure out how the thing is going to be. Amen. God does not need us to figure it out. God does not need you any explanation. God does not need to even tell you how he's going to do it. Your own is just to believe God. Amen. Romans 10, 17. How does faith come? Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So then faith cometh how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing, continuous, present continuous, hearing, continually hearing. It doesn't come by hearing it once. Hearing and hearing and hearing. Continue hearing. That means that if somebody says, I don't have faith, it simply means he doesn't have the word of God in him. To be full of faith means to be full of the word. The more of the word of God you have inside you, the more faith you are going to have. Amen. So if you read the Bible, you study your Bible, you attend Bible studies, you hear the word, you continue hearing the word, you hear it and hear, you will have faith. It's just automatic. There's no big deal about not having faith. You don't have faith because you don't want to have it. You refuse to read your Bible, your spirit is going to be dry. And even your, your prayers will be dry. You pray in tongue, and it will not chase one small demon. <laughs> You'll be binding the demon that will be coming because you don't have the word in you. Because it is the presence of the word that gets the job done, not you. A lot of Christians know how to pray, but they don't read their Bible. If you ask them, how many minutes do you read your Bible every day? They read one verse. How can you cast out demons with one verse of scripture inside you? When you read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Listen, you will read and read and meditate and meditate to the extent that the word coming out from your spirit will be destroying kingdoms. You don't even need to pray too much. You will see things happening. The Bible said that Stephen was a man full of faith. 
Go and read his testimony in Acts chapter 6 and 7. What happened to Stephen? Because he was full of faith, that man quoted the whole Bible from beginning to the end of head. He was not reading it anywhere. He was full of the world. And the Bible said that the men that they appointed deacons at that time were men full of faith. That means they were full of the word. And Philip was one of them. And look at what happened when Philip went down to Samaria. The word that was inside him began to explode. And that was what caused the problem in the city of Samaria. So today we have empty Christians going around. We are speaking in tongues. Our tongues is empty because there's no word. There's no faith in us. And how can you do exploits that way? Amen. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. I read from verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. Verse 14. And Jesus answered and said, unto it, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now, if you look at this scripture, you say, okay, what was the fault of the fig tree? Do you know the problem of the fig tree? Hypocrisy. It was not the time of figs. And usually when the figs are not fruiting, the nature of the fig tree is that when they are not fruiting, they don't have leaves. They usually shed their leaves. But once there are leaves on it, then it's going to have fruit. That's the nature of the fig tree. But this particular fig tree pretended to be having fruit. It had leaves. So looking at it from a distance, you would think there was fruit on it. And then Jesus was hungry and came to the fig tree and was disappointed. Amen. And he said, this is an evil tree. How can you pretend to have what you don't have? He's a hypocrite. And that's the sin of hypocrisy. Somebody trying to pretend to be what he is not. And he got him a curse. Amen. It attracted judgment to himself. If he had shed his leaves, nobody would have gone and quarreled with it to say, why don't you produce fruit? So it's a, it's a lesson. It's a principle for us to learn. Not to try to portray ourselves to be who we are not. Just be yourself. You don't know something, say, I don't know it. No, nobody is going to beat you because you say you don't know. You don't know everything. You must not know everything. Amen? Sometimes my children ask me some questions. Mommy, what about this, this? I said, I don't know it. I don't know what you're talking about. And they say, ah, mommy, how can you not know this thing? I said, must I know everything? 
I do not know everything. And I have never pretended to know everything. The same moment with all the school you went to, I said, listen, I didn't read every subject on the earth. If you ask me something in relation to my field and I don't know it, then you can fault me. But what's something in computer science? Something in biochemistry? What's my business with that? I didn't study that. And you want me to know it. Then they start saying, Mommy, learn it, learn it. I say, I cannot learn. They say, why? I said, there's no space. <laughs> my hard disk is full. <laughs> Unless you want me to delete some of the memory to create space. Praise the Lord. That's just to say that the fact that you have a PhD does not mean you know everything. Because don't have a PhD in every subject. In fact, the more you study, the, the narrower the things you study becomes. When you become a professor, you are just professing one small thing, one narrow area. In fact, the knowledge of somebody with PhD is wider than the one of a prof. You take the whole subject and he pick one item and profess it. That is all that he knows. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's just that he goes into more detail in it. So don't be like the fig tree. It's humility to acknowledge that you can learn from this little child. Amen. Some people are so much like that that they become even unteachable. They can no longer be taught. But look at what happened later in verse 19. No, verse 20 now. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Just by Jesus making that statement, by the following morning, the fig tree had dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou causes is withered away. And then Jesus began to teach. He answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. What he was actually telling him was, have the God kind of faith. Let your faith be like the faith of God. Because God exercised faith. Now when God said, let there be light, he was exercising faith that when I say, let there be light, light will appear. And it came to pass. So be like God. That's what he's saying. Have faith in God. Be like your father. Be like your maker. Do the things that he would do. Amen? Then he said, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, look at the word believe, believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith therefore I say unto you what things soever ye desire when you pray believe believe that you receive them already and then you shall have them then verse 25 says when you stand praying forgive 
if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Amen and amen. You see, anywhere you see the Lord saying, verily, verily, I say unto you. It's like saying, truly, truly, I say unto you. Certainly, certainly, I say unto you. Surely, surely. It's like he's swearing an oath. And you better take it seriously. Amen. Because the thing is that God cannot lie. You say you have so whatsoever you say. So when you pray for something, say whatsoever thing you say, when you pray, believe that you have already received it. Then you have it. You know, in the world, in the natural world, they say seeing is believing. Is that not so? Hmm? Hello? We say seeing is believing. But in the spiritual realm, believing is seeing. You believe first, then you see it. So if you want to see that thing first before you believe, that is not faith. And it's not going to work. You know, for some people, when they, are, when they are babies, when you give your life to Christ newly, and you're doing that, the Lord will allow you because you are still a babe. But as you grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus, God expects you to grow out of that. And when you're not growing out of it, you get to a point that he will, he will begin to punch you. Then you walk by sight, then you will not see the thing, then you cry. Then when you finish crying, you come back, then you sit down, then he will say, sit down, you have failed this class, you repeat this class, because that's what happens in school. If you enter school, you fail primary one, you, you keep repeating it until you pass, before you go to primary two. And so some people are always repeating a class, because they, they're not ready to walk by the principles of the word of God. They want God to come down to their own standard and understand with them. But you know, the times of ignorance, God winked out. But now he commands every man everywhere to repent. Because the only currency, listen, the only currency that can work in heaven is faith. That's why Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. In fact, if you read the, next, the previous verse, he said that Enoch walked with God. He pleased God and he was translated. And it was recorded for Enoch that he did what? He pleased God. That means M. Enoch must have been a man of faith. Abraham was called the friend of God the father of faith and righteousness was imputed to him because he heard the word of God and believed it and acted on it faith is actually when you believe the word you act on it you rely on it 
you put your trust in him. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Second Corinthians 5, 7. Without faith, we cannot work with God. So when you put every other thing together, Second Corinthians 5, 7. Let's read it together. I want to go. For we walk by faith, not by sight. I told you that faith is our sixth sense. It's something beyond what you can see. It's something beyond what you can perceive by your five physical senses. So we thank God for visions. We thank God for revelations. But assuming you didn't see any vision, you didn't see any revelation, can you still walk with God? That's why you see when a ministry, a family is built on visions and revelation, it cannot last. Because any day the person didn't see vision again, he cannot believe God. But when you build your home, build your ministry, build your life, your individual Christian life, on this Bible, it cannot fail. Because when every other thing fails, when you can't see vision, when you can't see revelation, the world remains unsettled in heaven. The Bible says, forever, O Lord. Psalm 119 verse 89 says, forever, O Lord, your world is settled forever in heaven. The word of God cannot fail. It cannot change. The scriptures cannot be broken. And that's your your most your most secured anchor for your soul because every other thing may fail you when you are in a bad mood you are a bad mind you have mental issues you cannot see vision but you can read your bible hallelujah we walk not by sight but by what? Faith. That means we take God by his word and we hold on to it. And we stand on it. And it works. Because we are persuaded that him that has promised is faithful. And that he's able to do the things he promised. He has the power. He has the anointing. He has the capacity the capability to bring it to pass. And I told you earlier that all those people, they died, they were still believing, and they did not shake. And it's because God had a purpose. Hebrews chapter 10. Take two more scriptures and we'll stop for tonight. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at verse 22 and 23 first. Hebrews 10, 22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of what? Faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That is the water of the word of God. Then let us hold 
fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promise but the book of John said any man that wavereth is unstable <laughs> a double minded man is a schizophrenia he's, he's unstable in all his ways he said when you ask God for something have faith, believe him don't waver you know what it means to waver today you have faith, tomorrow you don't have you believe in the morning, by afternoon you have changed, you have changed ten times like Laban unstable instability not consistent like Reuben Bible says Reuben unstable like water he cannot excel <laughs> Hallelujah. Eh? Good luck, Jonathan. Yeah. That was his problem. Instability. Inconsistent. Even God does not know how to hold the person. Because he starts something with him in the morning. By afternoon, he has changed another thing. He has been distracted ten times. Cannot focus. Cannot concentrate. It's a very big problem and character flaw in a human being. So, the Bible said, hold fast the profession of our faith without what? Wavering. Why? Because we know that the person who promised us is faithful. I say he's faithful. God does not fail. Human beings can fail you. Human beings can disappoint you. But God cannot disappoint. God does not disappoint. So let us draw near with a true heart. A true heart. In full assurance of faith. Let our hearts be sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with the word of God. Then look at verse 34. The same Hebrews 10, verse 34. He said, For you had compassion of me in my bonds, and you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Therefore, do what? Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. You know, some people, they believe God for something. And after they believe God, believe God, Kai, that thing's like it's not coming the way they expect it. Then they say, Kai, me, this Bible, you know, they work. Hmm? What have they done? They have cast away their confidence. So tonight, God is saying, Cast not therefore away your confidence. He said, Me, I have prayed, me, I have fasted. Oh, Kai, this thing. Eh? Is this how I'm going to continue? Let me go and collect something. Cast not away therefore your confidence. It has great recompense of reward. Verse 36 says, For you have need of what? You have need of what? 
so that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. If you don't have patience, you cannot have faith. Patience is the component that accompanies your faith. Like we said that those people in Hebrews 11, they all believed God until they died. And they did not see the promise. But they never ever cast away their confidence. At no point was the Bible recorded that they said no. Kai, this thing we are believers, we are about to die. We didn't see the Jesus again. Let's leave it. Did they do that? They believe to the very end. That's why the Bible says, He that endureth unto the end shall be saved. He said, Look at these people that they had compassion on him in his bonds. They took joyfully the spoiling of their goods, knowing in themselves that they have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Even when they lost their property, even when things went wrong with them, they did not backslide. That is faith. He said, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. But of them that believe. Say it's of them that believe. I am of them that believe. To the saving of my soul. You don't believe halfway. You don't believe for a point and then stop believing. He said, anyone that puts his hand on the plow and look back is not fit for the kingdom. So faith covers every aspect of our life. Our relationship with God, our faith in God, our possession, our property. You know, I was counseling one of my friends from U.S. the other day. And she asked me a question. She said there's something she heard. She doesn't know whether it's the Holy Spirit that's talking to her. She wants to ask me so that I can counsel her. I said, what is it? You know, recently the husband began to beat her up and abuse her and do her so many things. So when the thing became too much, she had to go to police station. And the police came and took the man out of the house. So they were separated for a while, trying to see whether the man will repent and will come back. And that man, I had counseled him in 2015. And I discovered he was a backslider. He was someone that was born again before, but he backslided. And the way you quote the scripture, he completed it for you. But he's hardened. You know, the Bible says backslider is wise in his own eyes. He had once known the scriptures, but now he wants to go his own way. So he said, when they separated, the court asked the man to be paying an allowance for the child. She has one daughter. And that's the daughter that, when the girl was born, she had a hole in her heart. And when I ministered to her, the hole closed. And the girl was healed. She's now seven. And um, the man was, you know, loved the girl so much because of the background. And he was paying the allowance. But suddenly, the man refused to pay. 
refused to pay the allowance and then he said won't pay again and the man called me and warned me that I should warn my daughter that any day he sent her to police again she sent him to police again he's going to kill her that I won't see her again but I didn't know how to give her that message so I kept it to myself but I was praying for her so when she called me and said she wants to go back to police to go and tell them that he has stopped paying so that they can arrest him and make him to pay then she heard a voice that told her that don't go to police leave him you know, in in they say, That means, instead of giving him water in a cup, give it to him with the whole pot. She said that's the voice she heard. And she doesn't know whether it's the Holy Spirit telling her, carry the water in the pot and give the man. And then I laughed because I understood the proverb. So I told her, I said, you see, I can't tell you that I heard thus say the Lord but I can tell you that there are many scriptures that are coming up in my spirit and I believe it's the Lord then I said that sounds like him because his ways are higher than our ways his thoughts are different from our thoughts I said the arm of the flesh will fail you God wants to be the one fighting our battles for us so that he takes all the glory out of it I said, God said that you should not return evil for evil. You should not return railing for railing. God said that vengeance is mine. I will take recompense. So when you have issues with somebody, you want to be the one fighting your battles, he will allow you to fight it and you don't really know how to fight it. At the end of the day, you are going to be in trouble and going to be frustrated. Then I told her, I said, you know, this man warned me to warn you that any day you take him back to police station, you are going to be missing. And I said, and I don't want you to die. This man can arrange for assassins to kill you. The police you went is still annoying him and paining him. If he says he won't pay, leave it. God will provide for you to take care of the child. She was listening to me. Then I said, I want to tell you a life story of my life. I said, once upon a time, somebody cheated me and packed all my luggage and took everything I had. And we were in court. But the Lord told me, leave those things for him, including a car. Leave it for him. And I said, Lord, why are you saying I should leave this thing for this man? You know that these things are mine, and I suffered, and I bought them with my own money. And the Lord gave me only one scripture. He said, except a wheat of corn die it will not bring forth fruit. If a wheat of corn does not die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will bring forth fruit. And I started crying. I said, is it my car, my property, all the things I used to do, my NYC, all the things I bought from London, are they the wheat of corn? He said, he repeated the same scripture. You know, when God is speaking, he will not argue with you. Say, except a wheat of corn. The woman was quiet on the phone. Then I told her, I said, if you allow God to fight for you, it will be better. Play the fool. I said, the Bible says, if somebody slap you on one cheek, turn the other side for him. If somebody take your coat, 
give him also your cloak. She said, hey! She shouted. She said, hey! This is too much. I've never heard any, any preacher preach like this. I said, that is the wrong word of God. Are you going to do that? She said, yes. I now know it was God that spoke to me. I will do it. I said, let's pray. So I prayed for her. I told her, I said, that man that took my property, took all those things, where is he now? I told her some of the things that has happened over the years. I said, the car he took, I have ridden so many cars since after them. I said, you can't compare me with that person in any way. While I'm going up, he has gone down to the lowest down. He's just waiting to die and go to hell. She said, ah, you need to write a book. I said, I'm already writing it. Faith is a way of life. The just shall live by faith. It's not today I believe God when I need a pair of shoes. And let me believe God for shoe. And praise God. God brought shoe. Tomorrow you are in the flesh. It's a way of life. The Bible says, the just shall live by faith. It is a way of life. That's how you live your life. And what does it mean? You are living your life continuously based on the word of God. God said, go. You go. That is faith. God says, sit down. You sit down. These people lost their property. Then I asked her, I said, all oh, this property, you go to court, you will do case. After, as you are doing that case, there's so much anger, so much striving, quarreling, finishing the case, collect those things. Have you ever heard that anybody died, they put the luggage for the person inside the grave? You cannot even go into the grave. Then they talk of going into the spirit realm to go to eternity. It's not worth it. It's not worth losing your soul for. It's not worth continuing striving. That's why Mark 11, immediately after he said, you shall have whatsoever he said. He said, if you stand praying, if any man have aught against any, let him forgive. Because Galatians 5, 6 says, faith walketh by love. If you don't have the love of God, your faith will never work. Faith and love, they are a package. Finally, Isaiah 28. We'll stop here for tonight. Isaiah 28, verse 16. Isaiah 28, 16 says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tri stone, a precious corner stone, a sure foundation. Then the B part says, He that believeth shall not make haste. You know what we read in Hebrews 10 says, You have need of patience, so that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Then here I say, he that believeth shall not make haste. 
If you really have faith in God, you are believing God, you will not be in a hurry. You don't give God time. Your times are in God's hands. Hallelujah. You can pray about the timing. You can pray about your seasons. But when you finish praying, you leave the answering to him. We are to do the praying. God does the answering. The power of the execution of your prayers are in his hands. Hello? It's not, I prayed, I prayed, yes? Then you want it to happen. God chooses how he's going to execute it. Do it for him. That's why he said, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. When you have faith, you actually enter your rest. You no longer fret. You give him glory. Amen. You praise him. I pray that the Lord will give us understanding. In Jesus' name. Questions, contributions. Question. Okay. Yes.
Praise God. Okay, I think this number two, I talked about it. Maybe you didn't hear me because you were sleeping. Because <laughs> I think I explained it at some point. I talked about head knowledge, mental ascent of the word of God. And I said, until the word drop into your spirit, you can memorize it, you can quote it, but you don't meditate on it. It doesn't enter into your spirit. It cannot bring light. It cannot bring revelation. It's only at the point at which it brings revelation that you can even practice it. And then it can bring results. It can bring miracle. And that was why I gave us the other time those five steps to say, as you read the word, meditate on it, then what will happen is you'll get revelation. As you get the revelation, you will now begin to practice it, living by it. Then it will now bring miracle, produce manifestation. Those are the five stages. So if somebody has a head knowledge of the word, it's good, it's a beginning point. But you should now move forward to meditate Amen? When you now meditate on it day and night, it will move from your head to your spirit man, to your heart, which is your innermost being. It's only the word of God that is in your heart that can produce fruit. Because when it is in your spirit, the Holy Spirit will now pick it out and bring it out when you need it and it becomes rema. If it's in your head, it is letter. Amen? And the letter kills. The letter kills. But the spirit brings life. Like when people go to Bible school, they learn a lot of theology and a lot of things, and they are not born again. Most of them have head knowledge of scriptures. And that knowledge of scripture cannot heal the sick. It cannot cast out devils. You just tell the Bible as a story. They know the Bible. Like if you meet people that study CRS, you will see it manifesting. Did anybody study CRS here? Bro Simon, did you read CRS? <laughs> you will see that they have plenty unbelief. Even though they know the stories of the Bible. But they are not born again. The stories are in their head, not in their hearts not in their spirit. Amen. So, yes, walk is a work. Work, not work. Walk. You are walking. It's like you are holding hands with Jesus. Put your hands in his hands. You are walking. He takes one step, you take. You take another step, you take. You walk with him. You don't walk ahead of him. You don't walk behind him. Amen. Now, walking presumptuously means what? Either you're walking ahead of Jesus or you're walking behind him. And Jesus says, go to this place. You say, no. You tell him, not so, Lord. I prefer to go to this one. <laughs> like, <laughs> later he used to tell me one story. He said there was one man who went to write an exam in Waiek. They now said he should talk about Jesus Christ. Should define Jesus, a bit describe Jesus. 
He said, ah, not so. Criticize Jesus. He said, ah, how can I criticize Jesus? I'm too small to criticize Jesus. I'd rather criticize Peter. So he left the question that was set for him and set another question for himself and started criticizing Peter because that was the one he prepared. He did not prepare the other one. And it was a straight zero. Eh? It's an easier target. Okay. He did not answer the question. So, when God says, let's go to this place, because when you're talking about walking with God, we're not talking only about the written word. Remember, talking about also the spoken word of God. The word, knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit and listening to him. So the Lord said, let's go to that main road. You say, no, Lord. I prefer to be on this bed. You are on your own. Because what you are trying to do is to make God now come and obey you and follow your own program. That's presumptuous. Then maybe later on, when God has already finished with that place, he's no more there. You say, Lord, I now want to go to that place. That was what happened to the children of Israel. When they went to scout the land, the land of, you know, Jericho, in Numbers 13 and 14, God said, I've given you this land. Go and possess it. Then they sent out the 12 spies, and the spies brought up an evil report, a report of unbelief, a report of doubt. And they said, the land is not good. It's a land that eats up inhabitants. It's a land of giants. It's this, it's that. Okay. Then, when God was already angry with them, and God said, okay, he brought judgment. He said, see this thing you have done. I'll wipe you out. I will do you this. I will do you. pronounce all the punishment. And Moses was interceding for them. They now stood up. They said, okay, we are now ready to go and possess the land. At their own time. And at their own time. And Moses said, don't go. Don't go presumptuously. God is no longer there. He's no longer in that program. The time he said you should go, you didn't go. You are going at your own time. Do you know that the stiff nakedly still went? And the, the Jericho people beat them, killed some of them. They now ran back. That was when they stopped. So there are believers who run their lives like that. They are always presumptuous. They try to do the right thing at the wrong time. When God said, let's go for evangelism now. Uh-uh. Don't feel like going for evangelism. We feel like praying. Then when God said, now pray, he said, no, let us go out. I do not know why people do that, but whether is it because they didn't hear very well or they are just naturally stubborn. Because, you know, stubbornness is a character trait and it's as iniquity as idolatry. So that is what it means to walk presumptuously. Holding fast your profession. This profession Another word for profession is confession. You know, you say something like where we read in Mark 11 says, You shall have whatsoever you say. 
you shall have whatsoever you say. Your words give you a way. Okay? The Bible said death and life are in the power of the tongue. And idle words, we're going to give account of it on the last day. Inoperative words. It's because out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speaks. So we should hold fast the profession of our faith. Let's say, mm, oh, something is paining me, something is paining me. I say, oh, oh, it's paining me, paining me. What are you looking for? I'm looking for sympathy, actually. What should you be saying? I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm made whole. The Lord is my God, my healer. Amen? The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. So when you are feeling weak in your body, that's when you say, I am strong. I am strong in Jesus' name. But most of the time, we say, I am weak. I'm feeling weak. In fact, I'm tired. I'm this. You say all the negative things. And the more you say it, the more the devil really put the pain on you, put the tiredness, put the weakness, everything will be coming. As you say, I'm weak, weak. You will be coming weaker and weaker. But if you can dare at that time, lift up your head on high and maintain the profession of your faith, you will see that you receive your healing. Hallelujah. Because Jesus said, you are already healed. He already paid the price for your healing. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised. You see that? For your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon the Lord Jesus. And with his stripes, you were healed. You're not just being healed now. We're healed 2018 years ago. When Jesus hung on the cross. So, unless you see yourself from that perspective, and no matter how you are feeling pain, you say, I am healed. I am healed. I am healed in Jesus' name. You are not reporting your feelings. You are reporting the word. You are aligning yourself with the word of God and speaking like God. Amen? As I say, have the God kind of faith. Speak like him. The people around you will not understand. The world may not understand, but heaven will understand you. And then you will receive your healing. Because without that faith, you cannot receive it. And sometimes it's actually more difficult for believers to receive their healings than non-believers, than young Christians. Because young Christians, when you teach them that, they will just pick it up immediately. They will say it. But you that you are a teacher of the word, you that you are a minister, you have known this thing. You have gotten so familiar that you have gone back into mental ascent. And that's why you struggle with your healing. So I pray that God will help us. Have mercy on us and forgive us in Jesus' name. Sometimes it's even pride. We feel that we are too much. Why should God even allow pain to come on my body? Who are you? Who are you? You're just a mortal man like any other person. 
It's only the anointing of God in your life that makes a difference. And this anointing does not belong to you. You didn't produce it. <laughs> you don't have a tree that you planted where you are plucking the anointing. You are just a vessel. God is passing through you to minister to other people to do the things was doing. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. That's a very good question. The truth is that faith is actually the direct opposite of anxiety. <laughs> there are two opposites. Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. He said, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Then you look at verse 8, telling us the kind of thoughts we should entertain. Because God said we should cast down imaginations and every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God in our lives. But I want you to read that for me from verse from the Amplified Version, Nani. Verse six and seven. Just hold up. Do not do what? Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. That's the expansion of being careful for nothing. So being careful means being anxious, having anxiety. Like if you read Matthew chapter 6, he said, be not careful for these things. Amen? He said, what you shall eat, eh? what you shall put on, and what? And what? Matthew chapter 6. Look at it. Verse 31 say, therefore, take no thought. Taking thought means being anxious. Being careful for something. Being worried, that's another everyday language. Say, do not take thought for this thing. What we shall eat, what we shall drink, wherewithal shall we be clothed. He said, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But do what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought 
for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What does it say in the Amplified? Matthew 6, 31. Do not worry or be anxious. So, when you have faith, I said it when I was teaching that if you have faith in God, you trust in Him, you rely on Him, you adhere to His word, then you enter into your rest. Faith makes you enter your rest. You are not worried. You don't you don't you are not anxious. That's why I read First Peter 5 7. Say, casting all your care upon him. See, if I'm to cast my care, like give me that my shawl. Let me show you. I, this is my care. I mean this is my burden, eh? My problem. And then I want to cast this care on him. I have cast it. I don't have it again. Amen. I've cast it. If I say I've cast my care and I'm still holding it, then I have not really cast it. You cast it on the Lord Jesus. You cast it on God. You give it to him. Give it to him. I've prayed about this thing. I've given it to him. Then I'm free. Enter my rest. So that's why I say, take no thought for tomorrow. Like some people sit down and say, mm, eh, Mommy, what shall we eat tomorrow? I said, take no thought for tomorrow. <laughs> what shall we cook tomorrow? I said, take no thought for tomorrow. Allow tomorrow to take thought for the things of itself. Jesus said, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Every day has enough trouble. Allow the day to finish with his own trouble. When I lie down on my bed, I say, Lord, thank you for this day. This day came to an end. And I'm fine. Blessed be your name. Now I want to rest. You give it sleep to your beloved. Father, please give me sleep. I plead the blood of Jesus over this house. Father, watch over us. Take care of us. And that's it. So that when I wake up the following morning, I say, Father, today... I command this morning to open up to me. Amen. I say, I take hold of this morning. Let all the wicked in this morning by the day spring be shaken out of the earth and let favor come. The hand of God will take care. The anointing of God will take care of the issues of today. I cannot carry the issue of today and transfer it to tomorrow. That's why some people have hypertension. So when they lie down on their bed, they cannot sleep. They are shaking their leg, shaking. You say, what is it? Say, I'm thinking. Thinking about what? It's time to sleep. You cannot sleep. You are thinking. Thinking about the trouble you are going to do tomorrow. Allow this, the trouble of today to be sufficient. Unto, that is the word of God. Jesus knew that every day has trouble. So if you live one day at a time, you not die before your time. Sometimes people call you on phone. 
Hey, this one is happening. This one is happening. You know? Hey, this one. <laughs> like somebody called me. He said, you people should not travel to the east though. I said, what happened? He said, did you hear what is happening in the east? I said, what is the problem? He said, iPod, something, something. The Israeli have come. They are marching the streets. They are doing Shabbat Shalom. And the Buhari has commanded that they should all be arrested. And the Israeli government has declared war on Nigeria. I say, hey. <laughs> Anxiety. I said, where did you get all these things? Was it on channel news? He said, no, no, no. It's online news. Check online. I say, scam. Calm down. I said, please, take it easy. Don't let something... He said, I poor. They're on the way. I say, if you are traveling and you're going to Abia State, you reach there, you see that they say, I poor this is in this side. Then you, you I poor, Abia, I poor. <laughs> I said, I will you not branch your way and go to the side where there's no I poor? What's your own business with I poor? Why do you stay here and be imagining things? Cast down the imaginations. Unless you hear the Holy Spirit telling you. Because if you are in that state of mind, I'm telling you, you cannot hear God. Even when God is talking to you, you will not hear. Because you are full of worries, anxiety, fretting. Say, hey, look at it. Oh, my mates, my mates have finished this. My mates have done this and that. Me, I have not done. Eh? What did the Bible say? Be careful for nothing. And that is that is King James that is King James English. Be careful for nothing. In modern English, that being careful means being anxious, worrying, taking thought for. So you are not you are saying carefulness. Carefulness is a modern English. Here we are reading, be careful for nothing. King James. No, it's not carefulness now. You don't call that carefulness. Carefulness is a different word in modern English. To be careful means to be, you know, manage things properly. Yes, that's a different thing. And we are even counseled to be careful in that sense. But not to worry, not to, to know where to draw the line. Because sometimes the line between your caring and the worry is very thin. 
Sometimes you don't know that you are already worrying. You will still think you are trying to be careful. You know, you remember the story between Mary and Martha. What happened? Mary came and sat down at the feet of the Lord, hearing the word. Martha was busy about many things. To the extent that she came to complain, to report her sister to Jesus. That see, Martha is, Mary is sitting down here. It's not help, helping. And what did Jesus say? Martha, Martha. You are careful about too many things. Do you see that? You are worrying about too many things. You have been distracted. Many things are troubling your mind. You are just... In fact, for some men, if you see them, eh, when they sit down, their, their leg is doing like this. They are far. They are configuring add two and two, get five, move to seven, get ten, this. You say, what are you doing? So just know where to draw the line between planning and anxiety. Jesus said to Martha, 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 you are careful about too many things. But Mary has chosen the better part. Does it mean that Mary did not have problems? She did. But she believed that if she seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, God will add every other thing to her. When God said, go and do this for me, go and obey God. Do his own first. He will take care of your own. Because God is faithful. And that is faith. Because sometimes, God says, go and do this for me. We give him excuses. And those excuses are genuine, you know. But God doesn't want your excuses. What he wants is your obedience. You remember the man and the, uh, the widow and the prophet? The prophet said, woman, I need to eat some cake. The woman complained. Do you know that this stick I'm fetching? What do I have? I have only one little flour and one small oil. I'm just going to bake the last bread for me and my son, and after that, I will die. Look at that. This is the way her mind was working. But God had visited her. She could not notice it. God was about to take her out from that condition. So the prophet said, okay, no, don't worry. Go and bake cake for me first. When you bake for me, then bake for you and your son. For thus saith the Lord, this oil will not run dry. The flour shall not waste. The meal shall not waste. The thing that saved that woman was her obedience. Seeking first the kingdom is a principle. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then God will add other things to you. If the woman has refused and said, look at this man, oh, all these prophets of nowadays, <laughs> the little one that we have to eat, wants to collect it from me, what type of thing is that? She would have missed her opportunity and she would have actually eaten that food 
and died with her son. That is faith. Faith in what? The word of the Lord coming through the mouth of the prophets. And it was just a test. So we must know where to draw the line. Must be sensitive in the spirit to know when your planning is becoming carnal. Because some of the plannings that we plan, God didn't send us. It's good to plan. But we must plan in the spirit. We must plan according to God's program. Don't use your own human understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Then he will show you the way out. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think we should stop here because of it. That's simple. Let's pray. Let's begin to pray. Come on, begin to thank God for the word of God that have just come unto us. Begin to bless the name of the Lord for feeding us at this hour. Lord, thank you for making us open our eyes of understanding tonight. In the name of Jesus, Mary Bush, Indra, Bakinti.